Welcome to the Washdown Podcast, episode number 40. And today we have a special treat for everybody. We have returning guests, Doug and Darren Nehemiah. Um, Doug is a deputy chief in the police department, and Darren is a captain on the fire department. So we got a lot of blue team, red team going on today. Um, great conversation, lots of talk about uh, leadership and taking care of your people and the right way to do things. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as we did making it. Lots of laughs and a lot of knowledge there. So enjoy episode number 40 of the Washdown Podcast. Was it like a was it like a collector set at least? Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> oh my god. No, it was just bad. It was Did just you bad. ever see his music video? Oh yeah, we, we watched a couple of them yesterday at the station. Oh. <laughs> yeah. See? It's going to be a long, however long this lasts. <laughs> <laughs> the cop's like, this isn't fair. We don't have free time to do stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I, you got nothing. Yeah. We did, we I've been it. living with this my whole life. <laughs> or my whole adult life, I should say. We've been, I've been living with this my whole adult life. Oh, my God. I had to get up in the middle of the night. I, I, I get as you get older, you get up in the middle of the night with my dog. It's no big deal. Oh, I was up no, you get up in the middle too. of the night to go to the bathroom yourself. Don't yes, lie. I know that too. Once I'm up, once I'm up, yeah, it's yeah. We were up dealing with a meth. Oh, he was he was methed up. Uh, you get paid <laughs> to go there. Oh, I know. All you but not guys. enough. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the un-American. Yep. Because I didn't get my safety rush yesterday either. So oh oh. That's hey, it's important. That's I feel that's a whole new level of respect and you know understanding for your pain. That's right. Hey, you're you're a captain now. You have to ensure that your crew gets their safety rest. Not yet. Not t- not technically. I still got a couple more days before I have to make decisions. Just don't be one of those floaters that makes them go drilling every day. Oh well. So we don't show up in my class A's that I don't have. and Right. <laughs> Just make sure you get light blue t-shirts. All of them. And oh, every yeah. shirt you order has to be light blue now. Yeah, yeah, those are on order already. <laughs> yeah. I got them real nice there at Target. I think it's some light blue Air Force Ones, too. <laughs> like I said, it's going to be a long hour. Yeah. Welcome to the Washdown Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you got promoted. I got promoted. So. Yeah. Yeah. What did you do, Darren? What do you, what I had COVID. <laughs> oh, I got that. Thank Technically, you. Technically, I even got promoted since the last episode. Technically. What'd no. you get? What'd you, What'd you get? get? I went from firefighter to firefighter paramedic. Oh, that's right. With the yeah. new thing. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. With, with all the money we took. So yeah, it uh, it's great. Yeah. You're like on a on the captain pay scale now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it may, probably makes more than I do. I, yeah. <laughs> Well, what are you? Yeah, what are you doing? He's retiring. Petting dogs. That dude's retiring. That dude's start. What that dude's doing is working his business that I got him into. He did kind of. Get- no, I watched your last podcast, and he said, "Thanks to my brother." See, I, I was smart. <laughs> Thanks to my brother. So don't don't and don't I'm go backwards now. Don't go backwards back. now. I did. I'm not going backwards. That's, that's right. Because you're the one who put me in contact with him to start with. That's right. And look so, where you're at today. All because of what? Big brother. Yeah, I'm running over with dogs. With dogs <laughs> everywhere. Yep. <laughs> like a cat lady, but with dogs. 
that's your I, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's your that's your problem with your uh of course this would be self diagnosed ADHD. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Now it's dogs, it's four wheelers or what yeah. I'm also, I'm also his doctor. Oh, amateur. psychologist. He's, he's a psychologist. psychologist for 47 years. <laughs> uh, that's okay. That's why I'm in the position I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> I was. So, I wasn't going to say anything. Yeah, yeah. that's the coaching does, I got. Does Blue Cross cover that, or was that out of pocket expenses? <laughs> out of pocket. <laughs> out of pocket. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I haven't been. And not I haven't in been network. Paid. Yeah, it was not in network. It was out of pocket. <laughs> Hey, I'll be looking for. I'm going to be looking for a job too. I'm going to be retired here someday. I'll be. I'm going to need a dog walker. That is exactly the kind of job I want when I retire too. Yeah. No. I thought you were going to do the Walmart thing. That was, no. For thing. a while, that was your thing. Well, I welcome I to Walmart. That's right. Actually, actually, I wanted for a long time. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to go to Royal Stadium. I'm going to be the Budweiser guy. Oh. So, but and then I was like. That's a lot of work. That's, that's, a, lot of that's, that's a lot of stairs. walking. You Done with to, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to get promoted. Well, you get you get promoted fast, so you get promoted to the crowd <laughs> club. Get yeah, the, get the diamond club. <laughs> yeah, you get a diamond club. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like that, but I, I, I have determined. I, me, well, my best friend, he's he's a couple hours from here, but when I retire, it's going to be like driving a grain truck. Sit there when it's full. They'll go like this, and you'll go like this, and you'll drive it up there to dump it, and drive back, and let them fill it again. I'm not – no more decision-making when I get done with this job. Don't blame you. Yeah. Well. I, I mean, not that I'm not going to keep doing this job because I love it and it's there's still a lot of work to be done and all that kind of stuff. But when you – I see guys that stay in this line of work, not me. I, well, whenever I retire, I want to I retire from it and really just – Do something completely different. Completely different. At least that's my idea yeah. when I retire. It may change. <laughs> Well, I may run Darren's company and finally get it going really well. Oh, <laughs> great. Expand. <laughs> He's going to let you focus on, you know. Yeah, right. So there, yeah, so there goes the safety rest. Yeah. I built those, I'm building those in my company also. Oh. I mean. We'll see. Yeah. The dog's got to rest. Are you Are you yeah. union? Is, is your company Not yet. union? Not yet. It's a party of one. <laughs> I got helper. Is he paid? He gets paid. Oh, he okay. get paid. Is it a dog? No. Okay. No. <laughs> no. But he is keeping one of the puppies, so. That's part of payment. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Yeah. Gave <laughs> yeah. you this dog for free that you right. probably got for free. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way. That's the way you do it. That's right. Hey, you're already learning that's about business. 100% profit. <laughs> right. Well, well, I mean, well minus a- food and fat bills. And picking up poop and stuff. But yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to ask you guys a question because you. You Are we really going now? Are we started. Yeah. yeah, we've been going for a while. Oh shit! Yeah. Shoot! <laughs> oh, we have been. Oh, you didn't, you didn't say anything that was gonna. Are you the producer? Mm-hmm. Aren't you supposed to say on air? No. Oh, where's the red light? That... It's down, down there. there. It's down there where you can't see it. Right next to the applause light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get better results that way. <laughs> I got you. So no, I wanted to ask you guys because you're both, you know, talked about retirement earlier, and I know you're kind of you know, not ready for it yet, but you're, you're at that point in your careers, yeah. both of you guys, where you could go. How important it is, how important is it to have a plan for after? Cause like you talked about, you know, you want to do something totally different. That's your plan. I think it's important. I mean, depending on where you're setting 
you know, financially and that kind of stuff. But like he was saying earlier, most, most Americans want to make more money and be comfortable. And, and, uh, and so to me, yeah, I want, I want something that's going to, and I know I'm not going to get rich doing what I'm doing more than likely. Uh, but I just want to offset my retirement, you know, back to a hundred percent basically. But I, I think it is, especially if you have, you know, family and kids and stuff to take care of, but that's my opinion on it. I, I, and I'm, I'm not retiring anytime soon. You know, my daughters are 23 and 19. So, um, with Brooke still being in school, I'm going to, I'm going to continue to work until she's out of school. Uh, I think it, it, the, the farther you get along in your career, you know, your priorities obviously change. And when you're young, you're just get on the job and you're go, 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 go. And then kids come along or, uh, life changes come along and you, and you, just kind of change with it. And then as you get to where we're at, then you start thinking about these things and I'm going to, I'm going to be here for, I'm not, I'm not going anytime soon. It is nice to know that I can, if I need to. Yeah. However, uh, especially being in management, you, you, you know, you make a lot of decisions every day. You don't, you make more decisions than you really know you even make. Cause it's just, they're coming at you nonstop one right after another. So I always say that, now it could be totally different two years from now. I could change my mind. I mean, that's a nice thing, but all the decisions that I make, whether they're at my place that I live, whether they're investment, anything is always geared now towards how is this going to affect me when I retire? Because I don't want to be dependent upon having to continue to work if I don't have to. Now, our dad is 71 years old. The man's still working. He'll work forever. And he will. And he'll work forever, right? So we... You know, I don't know if he has, he's a fireman. I don't know if he has it in him to keep working, you know, <laughs> but, but, uh, he's going to do something that he enjoys, right? He, he already has this business that he really enjoys. And I'm going to be looking for something cause I don't know. I don't know yet. I don't know if I want to stay in law enforcement more than likely. My mind tells me I probably won't whenever I retire. So I want to find probably something like Darren's got, I don't, I don't want to get into dogs. It's a lot of work, uh, in that realm and that's some shell packers or yeah like no that. nothing like that <laughs> sheep shearing no <laughs> you know, a little yeah. flock of sheep you just stand out in the yard and watch them yeah i'll get him a dog to hurt him up <laughs> right so I, I got one you can have for free <laughs> <laughs> but i i think it's uh i think it's important that anybody that you know when you get to be halfway three quarters way through your career you got to start thinking about retirement you really do yeah yeah i think it's uh you say you don't think about it when you're – I didn't think about it till over halfway through my career probably because I was always one of them guys, oh, I'll work forever. Why not? Why would I quit this and go work somewhere else for less money? Mm-hmm. But then the farther along you get, you're like, okay, I'm kind of done doing this and ready to go do something else even if it is less money. But something that – not that you lose the passion for the job, but I think the – doing it over and over so much you kind of do lose – it loses a little bit of its you know, spark – so then I get to the point where I'm like, yeah, I want to, the dog stuff is my passion now. So I want to trans, you know, transform into doing that. But yeah, <clears throat> well, a lot of the things that I've read and I've talked to guys who have retired and haven't had a plan. It's like, oh, I should have really done something because yeah. after you retire and stuff, and then, you know, you're used to that certain schedule of, you know, 24 yeah. off, 48 off, or I don't know, you guys work eight hour shifts or however you do it, but you're, you're on that constant schedule yeah. and you're used to dealing with those same things. And then you wake up one morning and 
you don't have to go to the station. Yeah. You know, you, what do you do with the rest of your life? And if you've waited to make a decision until you're done. Yeah. A lot of guys get lost and start. Yeah. The guys that you hear about, at least on the fire side that say they missed the job and miss all that are guys that didn't do that. And then all of a sudden they have nothing to do. Yeah. Um, I think guys that have something else that they're going into aren't the same. Yeah. But I got nothing. I got nothing planned. That's my problem. <laughs> like he has a plan because he has a plan. Mm-hmm. I have a, I have a number in my mind of how many years that I'm going to stay, which is probably at least five, probably six more years. And people are like, oh, and you're planning for retirement? And I'm like, but I can retire today. If I want to go in and retire today, I could go retire today. But I'm not going to because of health insurance, my kids, yeah. other things. So I have some time to think about it. But as I sit here today and say – I want to do something that's totally different than law enforcement. And so I have five years, a long time mm-hmm. to think about that. But I, I can assure you, I brought up my dad earlier and I can assure you I'll be doing something. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're just not going to quit working. Even though I work here for 32 years, I'm not going to go, Oh, I'm done working. I'm just sitting at home. That's, that's not even an option for me. Yeah. And do, you, well, do you think you'd be able to, after, after 20 plus years of a career of service, that you would be able to give up service of some sort. I I don't know. I, cause I'm not there and it's, and it's, that's hard. Um, you know, a lot of people on the police side go on to other departments or, you know, become police chiefs elsewhere. And, and I understand that. And, and it may be an option. I don't know. It's so far away and it's hard because this is all we know. Cause this is all we've done. Our really our adult life is, to be in public service. So that's why I say, I just want to drive a grain truck. Tell me, tell me where to unload and come back and (laughs) do it again. Uh, you know, I'm dependable. I show up to work every day. I'll work all day long. I'll be here tomorrow morning and do it all over again. So I say that just because there's so many things that go on and what we do and the decisions we have to make. And they're, I know just like you guys, you have to make split second decisions all the time. And that's, that's a lot over the course of years and years and years. And not every one of them is a split-second decision. But when you make – I'd say they're life-changing decisions for people. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Life-altering decisions for people, and you do that for years. So, I, I know even, too, sometimes after like a two- or three-day stint or, hell, even just a shift, depending on how the shift went, you know, I'll come home and get asked a question, and I'm just like, I don't want to make a choice today. Yeah. <laughs> But I think, though, like he was saying, you know, spending that much time in this career, it'll always be there. I think, you know, even if he was driving a grain truck and something, he came across something going on, he's not going to be one of them pull over and drive around it. That's just not what we do. It's it's still, I think it's always going to be there. Um, But it's just not going to be the main thing. That's right. I, you know, I mean, I'm proud of my, I'm proud of my service. I'm proud of being in law enforcement Um, as much as, Darren and I go back and forth about blue team, red team. Um, you know, I love the fire department. Um, it's just in our family. Uh, so I just, I don't know yet. I don't know where I'm going to end up, which is probably a good thing. Cause if I had a, if I had something that I knew what I was going to do, uh, that may change my focus, but I'm still focused on where I'm working and the mission that they're on and, and the things that they're doing for, for the city. So I'm not so much, 
I think about retirement financially. I don't think about retirement job-wise for me. Right. And I think that's a good thing because it seems by and large, a lot of people are more focused on five years, 10 years, whatever from now with actually doing stuff. And they're not focused on what they're doing in the moment. Right. You know, and that kind of split focus, especially in our line of work, mm-hmm. eventually you could get somebody hurt or killed. I mean, you hear it all the time too. Like two years, I'm out of here going to Florida, I'm on a beach, you know, something like that. And, you can definitely tell usually in like their last year to six months, they are checked out. Yeah. You still got 15 years left or 17 years left. What's your excuse? You're going to go places. Yeah. I can already tell. He's probably going to be the director of the department before too long. <laughs> Hmm. That made him happy. Yeah. <laughs> that made him happy. I got some changes to make. <laughs> Maybe I will stick around. <laughs> Just yeah. to watch the shit show. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, guys, thanks for coming on today. Are we done? Okay, cool. No. Yeah, we're no. done. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> wow. 15-minute episode. <laughs> Short and sweet. Yeah. yeah. So now tell us what you've been doing with the dogs how's that been going it's been good um still slowly building i'm trying not to get in too far over my head um since last the last time i was here i stumbled across or ended up i went from zero extra dogs to three puppies in like a day and a half out of two different litters so that's been a very busy um one of them i'm going to keep to work the other two the plan was to you know, work with them and get them kind of to a point and uh, get them into a working home. One of those is going to be going soon. Um, but yeah, it's been busy. I mean, it's so every day it's been feeding puppies and taking them places, getting all their environmental stuff done and that kind of stuff. So I've been doing that. Uh, I was off work for a while with a hip injury that I'm eventually going to have to have surgery on. Uh, that'll be in October, end of October, having surgery on. So I was off for that, went back, went back to work between that and going to have surgery. I was at work for three shifts and got the COVID. So oh. that was fun. You know? mm-hmm. So were you one of those with serious side effects or just a headache for a couple of days? No, I, I had like really severe, like body aches and headache and all that kind of stuff. It only lasted like a day and a half. And then I felt pretty good. But that day and a half, I was like, oof, it's going to be a long <laughs> week or two, you know, I, I, but, uh, but no, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, overly bad. So I was lucky in comparison to a lot of people we know. So, yeah. but I'm overall that back to work yesterday for my first shift back. And so that's, that's a humdinger, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 About one thirty in the morning, I told the guy who's driving me, I'm like, you know, if I was still off, I'd be several hours into some good sleep right now. Instead I was zero in, but that's all right. So we do. Yeah. It's all part of the job. I have zero sympathy for any of you truck people. <laughs> Absolutely zero. None. Stop. I have none. Stop looking at me. I, I don't care. You signed up for it. Hmm. We can't help your choices. Yeah. I hate both hey, of you. <laughs> play stupid games, get stupid prizes. Police department hiring? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, so all of us are hired right yeah. now. Yes, we yeah. are. You can't get people to work right now. 
Everybody makes too much money on unemployment. There's, that's there's, a whole another podcast there. Well, uh, so that yeah. that was a question, and Dan and I kind of mentioned. Well, I kind of touched on it, but as and Jeremy, this and this includes you now too, because you are officially a leader of men. Yeah. Anyway, way to quote Nickelback there. <laughs> uh, people, he's a leader of people. Leader of people. Yeah. See, I'm PC. That just means you have been in the HR department. <laughs> yeah. Now, with, with everything going on right now, obviously with the pandemic and unemployment the way it is, like how are you guys, with those you are in charge of, like how are you maintaining good morale at work overall with with a virus, with, with with everything that's going on? How are you keeping your 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 companies, your staff, coming to work every day? What like what are what are you doing? Go ahead. You want to go first? Sure. I, <laughs> I I just think um, we never stopped working in law enforcement. There was no – nobody – there was nobody stayed home. You know, we had the – when COVID first came about, they, the city – everything shut down. Well, we didn't shut down. No employees. We didn't have anybody, whether it was law enforcement, civilian. Everyone still came to work. So there was never really a shutdown of – not coming to work or trying to get them come back to work or other things like other departments around the city or even stores or retail or anything like that. So there's never been a not come to work policy. The, the, the motivation is, is, you know, you, you got to try different things. A lot of times, and I think this is in management, I'll give you an example. I went to a, I went to a part of our department the other day and, and just kind of checked on people. And a lot of times, especially when you're in management, people just want to see your face. They want to know that you're out and about. They want to know that you care. They didn't They didn't need anything for their job. And I was like, what can I do? What do you need? Da, da, da. And the guy's like, we've asked for a coffee pot so that we could have it in this room. We have one over on the other side of the building. And I turned to the sergeant that works for me, and I said, get him a coffee pot. Now, like right now. You know, that investment is, what, 100, 100 bucks for a bun coffee maker, and that's all they've been asking for. I, I've gotten two or three phone, hey, thanks, it showed up today, thank you so much. It's like people just want the things that make their life easier and to know that they're appreciated. And sometimes we try to do things for people, um, reward program, all these kinds of different things, and people just really want to know that you care. And you should care. If you're in management, you should care about your people. You should care about them, their kids. I always told supervisors, if you're a good supervisor, you will know a couple things. One is if your employees are married, you'll know their spouse's name. And A, number one, you'll know if they, their kids and what their kids do. If you want to start a conversation with somebody and be like, hey, how was how's Brooks softball game? Oh, man, it, they'll go on forever. Ask them how the last night was, and they're like, fine. Ask them what they did last night at work. Uh, we ran all night long. Ask them how the boys' baseball game was, and they'll talk for 30 minutes in the hallway, and you're like, oh, we got to get to work. But you got to know that, especially when you're in management. And 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 honestly, you know, whenever somebody asks me about my kids, I, I'll, I'll go on and on and on and on. You know, whether it's Allison or Brooke, I'll just talk all day. Now, something I – will tell you last time I was here, I talked about being a dad a lot is I forget to tell them how much I talk about them and, and tell everybody about them. Um, example, and, and I know I'm getting off subject cause I told you I did this last time cause one story leads to another, but, but 
I'm a, as an employee too. Um, Austin's an employee somewhere and a person, an officer came into where she was at and, uh, didn't know that she was the police, um, or, or, or the daughter of a policeman. And they, they talk for a minute and one person goes, well, Allison's dad's the police. And she's like, well, I don't know if you're going to like him or not. Uh, but I'll tell you who he is, you know, I'm like <laughs> Allison. And she's like, I told him who you were. And he was like, oh man, he's a great guy. As long as you work hard, if you work hard, you got no problems with them. And the other thing that he, and she couldn't remember his name. And I was like, well, you should remember his name. And, and something that was brought up was he knew everything about my kids. He's like, oh, I know you. How's your sister? How's she doing from surgery? Because Brooke had the same hip surgery that Darren's going to have to have. He knew everything about my kids. And Allison asked me, Dad, how did he know all that stuff? I go, because I talk about you guys all the time. And I, I should tell my kids that more often how much I talk about. But that goes back to the original question is, if you're going to be a management, you got to know your people. You got another. You got another family, because that. What does that tell them? You care. Yeah, beat that. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I do agree with that. Um, yeah. And the same for us. I mean, even you guys know we haven't we haven't dealt with a lot of people that oh you you have to stay home because of COVID and whatever. Um, other than guys getting it and. I think we have become kind of, it's so common now for, through the fire department, I don't know about on the police side of guys getting it. You're like, oh yeah, he's out with COVID. And it's just like kind of not, a, almost not a big deal anymore. But uh, I think the, the biggest thing that I've seen on our side is through this whole time where they shut down any kind of training, I think guys got really, really laxed and uh, just weren't doing some of the basic things. Um, and I really... And I, and I didn't even realize it until when I was on modified and I was doing some of the drills, you know, they're doing the last training and they had us doing the entanglement drill and stuff until I went and seen that and where people are right now compared to where I thought they would be. And that's the only thing I can come up with is I, I think it's you guys got really laxed because we couldn't do anything. So then it was, well, we can't do anything. So we're not going to do anything as far as, you know, training and keeping up on skills type stuff. But that's the only thing I've seen. Um, but now, luckily, we're back to where we can do some stuff and getting getting people back in the swing. But um, as far as employees go, that's the only thing that I've seen um, a big effect in. So, well, and too, in, in regards to at least the fire department, and probably with the police department, in like regards to training, we've we've all been overwhelmed. Yeah. We have time for work, yeah. and that's about it. Yeah. In your you know in your work day, whether it be an eight, ten hour shift or twenty four hour shift. There's a little time for rest. There's a little time for any sort of self-care. Like it's, I feel like we've had to even make more of an effort to find those individual types to check in on each other. Sure. Because otherwise we're Mm -hmm. just, we're all running. There is no slow anywhere anymore. But what I noticed, you know, I said when I was on Modified, I was down at the academy uh, running a drill down there and they had three companies coming in a day and one of each, one of those three companies every day was an ambulance. Not one day was an ambulance able to come because they were busy. They're all running. Yeah. So, yeah, just well, uh, the I run mean, volume is crazy. Yeah. I, who was it? Were you in that conversation? Somebody was talking about run numbers and they've went up, I want to say like 30% or something well, in the past five years. Like two years ago, we had one ambulance that was 5,000 call ambulance and we thought that was insane. 
And now we've got two on pace for 7,000 and seven on pace for 5,000. Yeah. And that's but, just, I mean, so if our numbers are up, you guys Doug, your guys' up. numbers are up. It's just. Yeah, and we're down people. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and we're down too. a lot of people. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that goes into, we started this whole conversation with retirement. Mm-hmm. We're, we're having people retire at a faster rate this year than we've ever had before. And that can go back to whether it's, the stress when COVID happened or the things that we went through last year in law enforcement, there are more people retiring each month than we've ever had. And there's really, it's going to take us a long time to pace that back up to fill those spots. Because when it comes to a law enforcement person, I can't hire a law enforcement person today. It's 10 months before I really get that person. By the time they go through the academy, they go through their on-the-job training, their FTO, it's 10 months. And I have 16 people retire this month. It's a half of an academy class in a month. How do you, you can't train people fast enough. So, you know, when you talk about runs and calls, that puts more pressure on the people that are in the field to answer that 911 call. And that's, that's the basis of everything here, right? Answer 911 calls is the basis of everything. So it's, it's, it's been, it's been taxing. It's been stressful. It's been um, overwhelming at times for, for employees. Um, it's overwhelming for management folks to be like, how are we going to figure this out? Who do we, what do we, how do we reorganize this? All that kind of stuff. So it's been, it's been a rough year and a half, two years, whatever it's been. Hell, I, <laughs> it it all runs stop. together. Yeah, yeah. It just runs together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, and on the other side of that, then you put in personal stuff, you know, uh, everybody has that side. Uh, life doesn't stop because we do what we do. You got life at home, and that that can sometimes be more stressful than even what we all do. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I was having a conversation the other day at the station, and the whole PTSD and all of that stuff came up. And the guy that I was talking to was like, "I don't really believe in it." This and that, and you know, it, it's one of those things where. And I was trying to explain it to him of how you know PTS and PTSD are totally different things you know, and just kind of, you know, throw a little education out there. And that was one of the points that I thought about bringing up after the conversation of, you never know what these people have seen or done. Yeah. Okay. They've been at a slow spot for their whole career and they've seen one or two traumatic things. Okay. But what happened to them in their personal life? Because it all is involved. It's not just what happens on the fire department or the police department that affects you. What happened in your childhood? What happened when you were an adolescent? What did you see when you were off duty? You know, what do you experience on a day-to-day basis? And people don't think about that. And that's a question I actually have for both of you, specifically you, Darren. Now that you're both here, being in the jobs that you are both in and going through what your family went through with the death of your daughter, Darren, looking back on it now or in the event that one of your employees would have, God forbid, a similar situation, how would you coach them and guide them through that as a family network, having gone th- both of you gone through that? Um, I think the experience of it is huge because even though that event's different for every individual, it's also indif- different for every individual in the family. I mean, it was different for him than it was for me. Uh, it was different for my ex than it was for me. But I think having the experience in it and being able to coach them to what they can expect, what's coming next, what, you know, an idea of what those feelings are going to be like as they come. And 
I've known a few people since then who've lost children and I know he has, has to, um, and that experience I think is, is the biggest thing. Just, uh, it's like with anything, you know, the more experience you have in it, the better you are at it usually. And, uh, so I think that's been the big thing for me, being able to give them some tools as to what to expect and be able to tell them, you know, anytime something goes on in somebody's life, people tell them, let me know if you need anything. That's usually an, and it's just what we say. Nobody really means it. And I usually tell people, let me know if you need anything. And I'm, I really mean it. I'm very serious about it. Let me know if you need anything. And, uh, I've had several of them later tell me, thank you. That meant a lot because I knew that you really meant it where you hear it so much that it's just kind of a second nature thing we say. But I think for me anyway, that's, uh, the best way I can help people. So. When, whenever I think back on that, uh, I mean, obviously Shayla meant a lot to all of us. Um, you know, Darren was going through his stuff. I had, I had my two daughters, uh, that were just slightly older. They weren't, and Brooke was only what, a year and a half older. Mm-hmm. I think she was four. Shayla was two and a half. Yep. And, uh, so it affected my, you know, when Allison was eight, so she understood all of it and, uh, it was rough. I mean, it was rough. Uh, cause then I was, I was trying to help him. I was trying to explain it to my kids. Um, you know, she's still a part of my house. She's a, she's a part of my life. Um, she's a part of all of our lives, uh, to this day. But, um, you know, something that came out of that is probably, you know, Darren and I, we didn't, we didn't, we weren't really that tight. I mean, going up through high school, I mean, we're brothers and we had our, our times. He, he went, he was doing his thing. I was kind of doing mine to be honest with you. But after she passed, it was something, uh, he'd gotten into and I never really had. And, and I went to him and I said, Hey, why don't, why don't you, uh, I told him, I said, Hey, I need somebody to help me work out, do things, lift weights and all this stuff. And he's like, yeah, I know a lot of people I can, I'm like, no, I want you to do it. Yeah, we worked out together for a long, a time long time. That. We lifted weights together. Uh, we went, we went to uh, police academy. We went to, uh, I think it was. I, it, it hadn't even been. Um, it's how long it hadn't even been built yet. I forget where we were going, but we worked out together. We ended up doing boxing together. We did a lot of things, and and something that came out of it I didn't expect to come out of it is is we we started communicating a whole lot mm-hmm. more on a different level. And I remember going home and after we'd we'd lift or work out or do whatever and be like, what'd you guys talk about? And I'm like, I I don't know. I wouldn't even remember. It was like, just random. Wasn't anything that had any substance to it. We just shoot the <laughs> shoot the shit, you know? Yeah. Um which which led on later on in life, I mean, you know, to where we are today. Uh, you know, I'm still taking care of him. He's living in the shack across the road <laughs> from me. Uh, but it, but it's nice, right? Because come full circle, um, when, when Darren moved up there, you know, each night he might be over for dinner and Brooke would be like, Oh, it's about dinner time. You're gonna see Darren at the door, right? No. Uh, she'd shoot me a text. Hey, dinner's ready. <laughs> yeah. You got any butt, bring the butter over. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, but you know, that, that, that kind of thing, it, it, it kind of comes full circle too. Cause you always have somebody to, to talk to. Um, when you really needed, you know, he talks about, it's easy to be able to say, Hey, somebody, your employee or, or somebody, you know, is going through something. You're like, here, I'm here for you. But when your brother's right there and having gone through that, it's really easy for me now to call him and say, man, I, I, I really need to talk to you. 
So um, I think we have a unique relationship in that way. Uh, we don't talk every day now. We don't we don't see each other every day. But um, I think when I call him, for the most part, unless he's doing something, he picks up the phone and we, we have a conversation and it may be five minutes. It may last an hour. Or he may come over and we really hash some stuff out that's going on in our life. And, you know, there's no judgment either way. It's just that's what I got. Oh, and through all through the, all that, and through all that. So for me, I was you know obviously totally focused on what was going on right in front of my face with losing her, and my family was huge. He was huge, helping get things together, organize stuff. And at the time, I didn't think anything about it. But now, knowing and thinking more about it, knowing well, he had his grief to deal with because of losing her, also, which he had to deal with away from me and. You know, like I said, dealing with his kids and all that kind of stuff. So he had a whole another side of it um, that I, had, at the time, didn't even think about, you know. But uh, so it was definitely, um, it was tough for everybody, but. It's life-changing. So, I mean, yeah. we go through life-changing events, and it makes a, it makes a huge difference at work, too. So, you know, I was in the homicide unit about it at, at that time, and it was one of those things, and I told you this last time I was here, it changed me because Things change in a blink of an eye. We see things change in a blink of an eye every day at work. But that was personal, and it changed in a blink of an eye. And that's when I told you, I was like, I got it. I have to get connected 100% with my girls. Have to. Um, they were little, but I'm like, I need to figure a way to get out of the job I'm in right now so that I'm there more. But I still wanted to – I love my job, and I want to be professional and, and still have a good job and work hard and do things. But I, that was the that was the snap. That was the blink of the eye that changed life changing, and I wanted to be more part of their life. So that event is that event of in itself has changed things from that day still to this day um, on the decision making that that we make on things that we do. Well, like you know, like you said earlier, you have times in your life. That- shifts your perspective and you start looking at things in a different way. And I mean, a situation like that is going to, and I mean, you know, like you said, it affects you in one way and then you in a totally Mm -hmm. different way and having all the other issues along with it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it can't help but change you. Yeah. But the positive that came out of it, I think, I think Darren and I's relationship became much, much better. It wasn't horrible. It just wasn't yeah. – we just weren't that tight. I mean, I went off to college and uh, I played sports. He he went into the fire service, and we just kind of went our own ways. Like after – you know, I mean, I'm older than he is, and whenever I left home, that was – I mean, he was, what, 16, 15, 16, and I left home, and there was this window in there where we just kind of did our own thing. And then it was after that event, it was like, hold on a minute. You know, we're doing things. We could be gone in a minute. So – I think ever since then we've been pretty good with each other, and 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 we've been through other things in our life. That the first person that you know you can go to is your brother. Um, so that's a that's a positive for me. Uh, that, that I mean, there's not a lot of positive that comes out of this, but that's one of the biggest positives. I know I know making that decision to go over there that day and say, hey, let's work out together, and that went on for years. Now I could probably use it again. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> But <laughs> I might get hurt now. <laughs> might get injured. There's no sense in the. Well, you know, he's been, he's been living that desk life too long. Now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and now he sounds like my dad. <laughs> what do you do? 
Nothing. I do nothing. I sit at a desk. Yeah, I, I read a lot of paperwork. <laughs> Shit a lot of emails. <laughs> print stuff. Yeah. Just get back into it slow. Got you nice want to provide? Yeah. <laughs> Talking about working out? Yeah. I might get oh, hurt. Be slow. Yeah. Uh, be slow. I, I, <laughs> be could slow. you imagine if I got injured? Then I couldn't use this. See? No. No way. Oh, He's got retirement to think about. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, I'm one slip and fall away from being retired. There's, I, I, I got to be very careful <laughs> at my age. You have them Velcro shoes for you, it? Sketchers is what Howie Long wears yeah, now. Yeah. I can't. I'm the one having hip surgery. I can't yeah. say nothing. <laughs> the hallway to his office might be freshly mopped, and who knows? Yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He gets mall walkers on it. Oh, here I. Why? Well, I knew I was going to come here and be beat up today. I even knew it, and I was like, "Man, I'm going to be on my best behavior." Don't just let it fly. Uh, you might as well have walked in a firehouse. You knew better than that. That doesn't scare me. He used to come down eat us all the time. Most of the time, I scare them. They're like, oh, they all start looking around until they figure out who it is. It's kind of funny. Especially the um, ones that don't know him. Right. I, I'm here for Darren. Is Darren here? I need to speak with him. Yeah. Uh, hey, there's uh, a cop. I don't know if I told the story the last time where we were on uh, an EMS call. It was a cardiac arrest. Oh, yeah. This is classic. And I know we should make light of that situation, but we're, we get there. Doing our thing. Hero up stuff. Yeah, doing hero stuff. That's what we yeah. do. So, and there's, you know, like heroin laying around this apartment and stuff. Of course, so PD starts showing up. So I'm bagging this guy. And we're like riding the door of his apartment. So I look over and it's him before he got promoted the last seven or eight times. How many times they get promoted over there? I don't yeah. Know. It's like. It's like it's like ribbons. They it's here's, like a, here's a ribbon. A and get dispenser, right? Yeah, yeah just <laughs> uh, get like to a, the story. Like I, said, like I said earlier, they're like Oprah. Over there. So so you get a promotion. <laughs> you get a promotion. <laughs> this is not stand up. We're so proud of you. <laughs> yeah, there's a stand up right. yeah. comedy going yeah. on. So anyway, we're I'm back. What's the difference between us professional? One hundred percent jokester. You know what I mean? Be a professional. Come on. So anyway, we're, I was seriously bagging this guy. <laughs> and I look over and he's standing in the doorway just looking at me like, hmm. And a couple of uh, his guys show up. And uh, it was not long after I went to station right now. So those guys hadn't really met him. They didn't know who he was. So I look over, I'm like, officer, uh, we're going to need some assistance in here. My guys need some relief. And he's like, do your damn job. That's your guys' job. We, I, we ain't helping you. We're not. So we and him start jawing back and forth. So my guys are looking at me. They're doing compressions, looking at me like, oh, God, we're all going to jail. And his guys are looking at him like, what is going on? <laughs> and it wasn't until we were getting him loaded, the guy loaded up, that everybody started figuring out what was going on. They were like, oh, yeah. yeah. You look at his name tag and finally figure it out. Well, slow. Yeah. 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 Most of them don't know how to spell my name anyway. So well. they're like, uh. But, uh, yeah, that was, was a funny, funny one. That yeah. was, that was pretty funny. I, I, I can't remember. There's there's been a couple of those times where you show up and you're like, or I've uh, I've been on, well, the two brothers that were at your station now. The stills. Yeah. The they still showed brothers. up. We I showed up. I was a commander. I show up. And for whatever reason, they were both there. And one of them's getting ready to lean in a car, and I just start yelling. Like, I'm like, get out of the car. What do you, all you do is mess up scene. And the one that knows me is like, and the one that doesn't know me is like, 
oh what you know and i'm like and then it's all like oh, oh, oh that's darren's brother <laughs> i was like oh got him so it, you know i do that kind of stuff all the time but I've, I've always felt comfortable going into a fire station but most of the time there's somebody that i know or if i don't it doesn't it doesn't bother me i think i think for the most part when it comes to our professions the worker people don't have a lot i mean there's a few we have a few you have a few yeah. There's a few doctors, lawyers, nurses, teachers. We all have a few, but for the most part, everybody gets gets yeah. it. Most for the mm. most part, we all get it. It's all same team. Yeah, yeah it's it really, it really is same team. I had a wreck like a month ago, right out in front of the hazmat station. It was bad. Five or six patients. Car literally basically exploded in pieces. Patients everywhere. And we were the first ambulance there, and the hazmat crew was kind of wandering around trying to get everybody. And PD's there, and like. Nothing is getting done the way I want. And the natural medic in me, I was like, hey, I want this, I want this, I want this. And I'm grabbing people by shirt collars and shirt sleeves. And like, it's so cute. Medics think they're in charge of anything. Well, it, we had, we had like, <laughs> what the literally, blue, what the blue team do? We had like five critical patients. So I'm like walking and like, hey, come here and pointing and like, hey, come here and pointing. And I just like grabbed one and I'm like, all right, hey, I need you to go over there and you need to hold her C spine real quick. And I just kept walking. And I like, Look as I'm walking back, and I just see double gold bars, and I was like, (laughs) 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 and like he, it was the duty captain, right? And he like went on over there and was holding the sea spine, and afterwards I'm like, I'm so sorry. He's oh no, it's fine. It was busy, blah blah blah. (laughs) But you know that was the thing. It was just like it was a shitty situation. We all got it done. Everybody worked. It went well. But I was just like, hey, 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 and I'm like. Oh, oops. Like, yeah. like you said, when you get right down to it, I mean, the, the worker bees yeah. know. I mean, everybody's on the same team, like you said, other than a few exceptions. And we just do what needs to be done. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't I've never really seen a big uh, argument between police and fire on the scene of anything. Mm-hmm. I've seen more firemen argue amongst themselves or PD <laughs> argue amongst themselves than, than with each other, really. Yeah. So. And it's, I've even really seen it like non-rank specific on big incidents. It's like brass doesn't matter, rank doesn't matter. Yeah. Like the job needs to get done, and I think we are, between our both departments, we've always done it very well. Yeah, I I've seen it happen the correct way hundreds of times more than it didn't yeah. happen the right way. But you only hear about the one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. And that's yeah. what happens. It's the same way whenever you have something happen in law enforcement. We only hear about the one. Or the two or the three. You don't hear about the hundreds of times, thousands of times, hundreds of thousands of times that it got done right. So it's the same way now. I mean, I, I, I enjoy I enjoy the banter. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. I enjoy the banter back and forth, especially now that I know a lot of people on the red team. Um, <laughs> so, but it's always fun when you show up and you see Darren and then you just kind of take charge and tell him what to, you know, because it. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes red team fellows they're like, "Huh? Just tell them where to park his truck because they do. Oh, they do have they, issues with that. They <laughs> get a little irritated about when you tell them to move their truck. Yes. Well, after, well, I, I remember one incident. Uh, I do remember one incident. Whenever you guys, uh, well, you got yourself blowed up over there, and I was like, "What'd you park the truck there for?" Oh, and then yeah, another yeah. time, he calls me. He's like, "There's a fire on Truman Road," and and. He's like, yeah, we melted the paint off of it. And then I'd say, you guys obviously don't know how to park your vehicle. Yeah. You need to let, we're good at that. Like, yeah. <laughs> Those are both not good. 
<laughs> Different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Funny how now we need to go somewhere. Else. Uh, now, can we not talk about that? Yeah. No, they were, yeah. I I yeah. even love like the on scene just like banter amongst ourselves. Like, like yeah. I had I had a shooting like a month ago, and we you know we there was some cop because they don't know how to park on scenes, so mm-hmm. blocked the scene from like a block away. Yes, and we pull up. And like park the ambulance and I, I get out and I'm like, hey, can we move this? And they're like, just bring the cot. And I said, that's a long way. And then I hear a different <laughs> voice go, you need the walk. And I'm like, we're about to have two motherfuckers shot on this scene. <laughs> and then uh-huh. I get down there. It was one of my buddies from Center Zone that I've known forever. And I'm right. like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <it's- laughs> But it, I mean, like I said, it's all good, good fun. And I know if you take the average person off the street and they listen to this banner, they're like, oh my God, that's so unprofessional. But if you roll it back into, you know, what we were talking about earlier with the PTS, PTSD and all that, I think, I think you have to keep it that way or it just gets so heavy that, mm. yeah. you know, that, right. that's not good for anybody. Well, and like, like if you're drunk on the sidewalk and we show up, we're going to have our fun before you go. Like you're not getting off scot free of just a free ride to the hospital <laughs> without some jokes cracked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no. you know, it's like whenever I went through all of my crap and went through therapy and all that stuff, they were using like an analogy or whatever of, you know, the level that you can operate at. You know, most people you want people to operate at like a two. You know? That's nice and healthy. Well, then you can ramp up from there. And then come back down. Most of us, we get into that stage where we operate at an eight or a nine. There's nowhere to go but with the roof completely blown off after that. And I think having those conversations, you know, saying those jokes, doing all that stuff, it keeps us from operating at that level. Let's just bring it back down, make sense of stuff a little bit better, and kind of pull some of that tension off. Well, I think just like what you're saying with those levels, and I think that's what creates a lot of issues amongst uh, families and marriages and just our lives in general. When you're at work, you get to that point where you're amped up to that top level just because of nature of what we do, what the callers and what's going on. Then, you know, for us, we go back to the station, it comes down, you go home, it's expected to be down here. And it's not all, you know, it just, it doesn't return down there that fast. Um, well, especially for us when we're, you know, not not to knock on you, Doug, but like we are in that for 24 hours yeah. versus, you know, 10 or 12 hours. I've even noticed it's a lot easier to come home and decompress after a 12 hour shift than it is a 24 hour shift. Yeah. It just that's a long time to hang out at that red line. Mark. Yeah. And I think, you know, you come home to family or, or whatever you have at home and you're still in that elevated level. And there, then it's, well, you need to do this. we got this going on, this going on, that going on. And you don't have time to get back down to that level to be able to function. And I think it just, it just keeps you up there and it's hard to sustain. Yeah. Well, at least, and at least we have two days to right. come yeah. down where, you know, yeah, PD they're, right back, they're right back into it. Yeah. Yeah. Every, and, you know, every day. And I, I can't imagine working, you know, a nice night shift in E-Zone and trying to decompress from that. Yeah, you can just watch, a, watch an old Wild West movie. That's basically what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then trying to decompress from that through the day while you're trying to sleep to go back into a night shift. I, it, there's just no way. I mean, I've never done that, but I mean, I do what we do and trying to think about that. I, that's crazy. That's why, that's why I always 
especially in the position I'm now, you got to give some people a little bit of grace, right? You got to, whether if, if we're in a situation together, you got to give people just a little bit of grace. It's whenever you got, and, and I like your analogy of the number thing, because when you said, yeah, when most people are at a two, and that's, I, I'm not for sure. I'm, I'm going to be 50 years old. I don't remember the last time I was at a, what would be considered a level two, um, period. So when you're on the scene, whether it's with you guys or anybody, um, if you see somebody, whether it's on the blue team, the red team, the other team, whatever, I, that's where people got to give people some grace that's in these high-stress situations because you don't know what's going on, and you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You know, like you said, it could be at the end of their 10-hour shift, and it's been you – know, they've answered 22 back-to-back 911 calls. They could have just got done with whatever – scene and now they're on this one back to back you know so it's it's human nature especially now i mean i, I mean i know you're going into where you're going to be in in command and you know you gotta you gotta be able to take your guys and go hey listen just get on the truck get on the truck and then you talk about that when you get back to and be like look you don't know what they just went through you don't know what they just went through i would do that if i was a supervisor on the blue team i say hey come here you don't know what ha- you don't know what just happened calm down um so, you know, there, there's there's a lot of stressors out there, and, and Darren just brought something up about uh, you leave work and you go home and that kind of stress. I stress for him when he's at work. You know, there's been there's been don't more, there, don't no. he's on a truck he's fine yeah. don't well I, I you know I, I give you the example there's been a couple different times and and you know usually when he has something major incident we usually talk about it or or it's it's come to light but whenever I know the big ones happen. Um, and I know he, I know where he works, and I know the part of the city it's in. I'll know whether he's the, uh, first in or second in or not. Um, you know, there's, the, you know, there's been a couple times I've sent people that are close to me on the police department like, go find my brother, mm-hmm. go find him. Yeah, there's been a couple. Well, the 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 Avenue Fire, John and Larry, one of guy who worked for him, found me right away, not long after it happened. He's like, just checking on you, talk to your brother, everything's good. It's like, yep, good. So he said, okay, be safe, and he and went on. And I have no doubt he probably called him immediately to let him know. Right. But, yeah, that's happened a few times where the guys will show up and be like, hey, just checking on you. So, How do you, with both of you being leaders, Doug, you talked a little bit about this in your last episode when you talked about the officer you had in your area that was shot in the head, and we almost lost him. 1% chance. How have you guys, as you have transitioned from frontline personnel to leaders, managed your emotions to be the like a duck the smooth on the top of the water paddling like crazy underneath how have you made that transition what's been some of the difficulties for you guys doing that or how what has been the best way you've done you've managed that well i i mean i i'm 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 gonna speak for both of us we've been through a lot of stuff in our life (laughs) a lot uh whether it's on the job or off the job and you know, people are like, oh, that's experience. Well, what is what is truly experience? Sometimes it's failures. Um, sometimes it's it's good things. But when you've just had so much happen, you you have all this knowledge to pull through. Darren was talking about, you know, with Shayla's incident, he, he, he has an experience from that. He has something he can go back on to help others and 
good, bad, or indifferent. We've had a lot of things happen in our life. Um, and if, if it didn't happen to him, it's happened to me. So we've helped each other transition through those things. So we were talking about it earlier about process, or I, I use the word process, whether it was whenever Shayla passed away or when I went through a divorce and other people that have gone through it, I'm like, you got, you have a process to go through. So whenever something big incident happens now, I, I pull upon all of those to go, okay. And you gotta, the biggest thing is, especially when you have people that you're, that you're leading, if you're out of control, it's out of, the whole thing's out of control. You have got to remain in control of yourself to start with, because you know, if the, if the boss or the leaders looks like a tornado, what do you think? They're, they're, they're the things are flying away. So I always try to take a deep breath, stand there, analyze the situation. Obviously it's quick, but then just like you said, you, you already said you did it. You start going, you there, you there. And you just start making decisions. Are they all going to be right? No, but you're making decisions and you're, and you're, and you're making people work at that point. And that's what we're all there for, but they're looking for you to tell them exactly what to do. Um, I can tell you many a times I've been on scenes of major scenes or major decisions and investigations where literally I got everything under control and deployed. And I'm like, Oh God, I hope I made the right decision. Hope I made the right decisions. But that's when you, that's when you kind of as the leader almost feel alone because you've just put it all into play and now you're just standing there. So you go back to, to his incident, never had, I didn't have anything to pull upon from that. I never had an officer that worked for me to be shot. Well, that day I had two, I had one earlier in the day on the Avenue, but you know, you pull upon experience and I'll, I'll, I'll long winded, but like I said, Darren and I have been through a lot of things in life, good and bad, good and bad. And that's what I've drawn upon. Um, his experiences and my experiences together to make those kinds of decisions, whether they're personal or professional. Well, I think, <clears throat> say, use the, the number analogy again in a different way. So our worst day is probably about the same day, close to. So that's at a, a 20 on the 10 scale. And people that we deal with, even employees, calls we run, whatever, that's their, that's their worst day. And I kind of mentioned this in the, in the last episode. But having that experience allows us to know whatever we're dealing with in this level could be a lot worse. So I think it allows us to keep calmer, at least on the surface. I can, I can guarantee you my brain's going a thousand miles an hour. It always is. Um, yeah, yeah. No. Self-diagnosed ADHD again. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I diagnosed him. Oh, that, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. Doctor, he's, he's my doctor, doctor remember? Yeah. Yeah. Therapist, yeah. doctor, yeah. all that. <laughs> Financial guidance i do it all dog walker, you know, Darren, dog you're, walker. you're absolutely correct though and, and it's something i've even noticed like with the death of my mom when i was a kid and then the death of my grandma shortly after and having to take care of my grandpa who's chronically Ill. like there's just those things in life one of the hardest parts for me i'm getting better is not telling the person you know everybody calls 911 because it is an emergency to them right that doesn't necessarily mean that it's an emergency to us right but it is to them and it, right off the bat, it was so hard because I'm like, you called for this. Yeah. Let me, you know, let me tell you about all the things I've been through. Yeah. You don't even that's know. Hard. That's and, hard. To... Yeah. And it is hard. And I've obviously gotten better at it. It's, it's not like I fly off the handles all the time, but it's definitely one of those things. You're right. The past experiences just sometimes are overwhelming. And, and it's not, nobody wishes for what has happened to us. 
but it is our job to use those things to the best of our ability to improve ourselves and our professions. Well, and I think that's a great point. And that's the key to it is you're going to go through hard times in life and bad shit's going to happen. And the ability to take that bad stuff and grow and learn from it and then being able to use it into the fu- in the future, I mean, that's huge. And that's how you become, you know, leadership material. I mean, sadly, we see what happens when you don't. Yeah. Well, the, the, the two options you have when you go through something like what we've all gone through and seen and whatever, you either learn from it and grow from it or you create this huge fear of it happening again. And I think if you grow from it, and we've all heard the guys on the radio that show up to a house that fire is blowing out every window, there's people laying in the yard and whatever, and they're just calm as could be. Because they've, they've grown from those experiences and they know there's nothing I haven't seen before. I, it can be worse, and they've learned from those. And the ones that you hear that show up are screaming, either they haven't had the experience or they're in that fear stage of, oh my God, this is going to happen again. And I think that's the big difference for me. Um, and we hear it every day on the radio, and I'm sure it's the same on their side. I'm sure they have officers that show up and they're just wound. Um, but I think for me, that is huge in leadership, being able to grow from those experiences and learn from it and not be stuck in that, oh my God, this could happen again phase. But I never thought about the the fear, oh my God, this is happening, but you're 100% right. It's We always just see the coping mechanisms of that fear, the alcoholism, the mm-hmm. The mental health that's undiagnosed. All, we just we see that, so we think. It, but it's, you're right; it is is the fear of it repeating itself. Mm-hmm. Another thing that, and this was for me the last time I was here with you guys. It may not have seemed like it, and I I actually I hadn't I watched it one time when it came out, and then I I never even seen it. it all f- four hundred views was him. Oh my god! <laughs> I was going to say you two were. Like the top two most popular episodes that we've ever had. I don't know if that's I mean, bad. I mean, Darren <laughs> was number one, obviously, but yeah, he puts it out to all the we'll dog. You one of those he put PD. it out to all the dog people. We'll it get wasn't you one of those PD well, participation. Yeah. Ribbons. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna get promoted. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna get promoted. <laughs> <laughs> you get a ribbon and get promoted. Oh my god! You know, you know they get a ribbon if they shoot well. Yeah. Oh. Hold on. Nobody's got a ribbon in a long Hold time, on. have they? <laughs> Hold on. Oh, shouldn't that be like a requirement? <laughs> Hold on. That's not so simple. I'm just kidding. I know yeah. it's not. Yeah. But for the so point simple. of this story, it is. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah from yeah. our perspective. Yeah. Yeah. But in that too, our perspective of them is so skewed. Right. And there's of us also. Oh, See, yeah. that, that's why I hate Chicago Fire and love Chicago PD. Because to me, everything in Chicago PD is real because I don't know any better. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I interrupted you in the middle of, I don't even know where we were going. Story of my life with you. That's his, once again, just got to let him go. It's, it's your let cross him go. to bear. Yeah. Oh, my. Hey, just like we say, it could be worse. Yeah. <laughs> could be. Could be. Yeah. Well, you know, I was, I, uh. I was saying something. I went back and watched the, oh yeah, watched the uh, video. But it was hard for me to come here and kind of bear my soul because a lot of people don't know everything. Because I don't, I don't share my information, or you know, because information's power. 
but it's also it was important to me after seeing what Darren had done. He's like, hey, I really think you should tell people because it's going to help somebody. So unless somebody watched that, they don't know a lot of things that's happened to me in my life because I don't, I don't go out volunteering to say, hey, guess what? And I think I've said it before. If, if, if Darren and I are at an event together, we're probably standing over there side by side just talking to each other just kind of taking it all in um we're not the get out there because like he just said my mind works the same way it's running a thousand miles an hour in the room but on the surface it just looks like is he okay is he mad i I can't tell are you upset no not at all why do i look upset resting bitch face yeah well probably but usually it's just uh, an example uh last night a conversation i was having uh we went and looked at some. Uh, I'm not going to live there, but there's, we went and watched, looked at some uh, some condos downtown. And I, the whole time, I'm just looking around, looking around, and and uh, she's like, "You're kind of uncomfortable here, aren't you?" And I go, "Yeah, it's a lot of there's a there's a just so much going on, stimulation everywhere. It's like hallway doors, people. It's just clang clang." I'm like. And you know, I live on ten acres. That's 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 the thing that's gotten me through the last few years. After my divorce, whenever I got that place, I can go home every night, and it's at least like yesterday. I mowed for three hours, peaceful. Most people are like, oh, I hate mowing, peaceful. But last night there, when we were looking at those, it was just nonstop. I mean, it was uncomfortable for me when we left. But she noticed that. She's like, you were really uncomfortable in there, and I said, yeah, I was. And it's just because there's so much. But if you see Darren and I someplace and we're just standing there talking to each other, it doesn't mean that we're not evaluating everything, taking everything in, noticing everything. It's uh, sometimes you just need that comfort next to you to be like, hey, you know. But what I was, my whole point that I was getting at was, it was a lot for me to come here. And when we talk, you talk about fear, and you talk about for me to open up and talk about experience because somebody needs to hear it. Well, if that guy will talk about it, you know, I told you about my experience with um, employee assistance program. I'd never told that to anyone. And that happened a long time ago when I did that. Uh, you know, it was, it's been 12 or 13 years ago that I did that. And I'd never told any, anyone outside of a very small group of people about that until I said it on the podcast. So even to this day, I have reservations about it. But, you know, with, with him kind of pushing me along last time i'm like yeah if it'll help somebody i'm all in i'm all in because that's what you have to do in this in this profession yeah well and I th- that's huge and because there's such a stigma in both of our professions about anything related to mental health you know i mean we've all sat around the table or the coffee pot or whatever and we've had the conversations or heard the conversations well you just suck it up or you know this or that or the other thing being able to sit there and openly talk about it, I think would head off a lot of problems that end up manifesting themselves because, you know, Oh, we want to keep it inside. Oh, it's embarrassing to talk about that. Well, nobody else is talking about it or, you know, everybody else is fine. I'm the only one with the problem. That's not true at all. And we're not even saying, you know, what's cool about like conversations like this we're not advocating for anything. This isn't a, you need to be on meds, you need to get in counseling, you need to do this type of therapy. Just start the dialogue. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah, it's it's not a, 
it's, it's, it's today, and we push it a lot in law enforcement now. I, I, well, that's not the proper term. It's available. It's a lot more open and available, and it's talked about at trainings and in-service. And, you know, last time, I see it a lot more now where people call. I, I didn't check on someone in about four or five days, and lo and behold, he had COVID, and it wasn't him. Um, but uh, I hadn't checked on him, and I didn't know. And I got a text, hey, you better check on him. He's, he, did you know? And I was like, oh, man, I should have checked on him because he's always checking on me. And there's other people that just call and say, hey, I'm just checking on you. That used to never happen when I came on. Never. And it happens a lot now, in my opinion, compared to what it was 26 years ago. Uh, you came to work, you did your thing, you went home and worked off duty. You just worked all the time. There wasn't any any of that. So the positive side of this is I think there is a lot more um, openness about it um, amongst the younger feet, at least in, I know, on, at least with the younger people on our department. Uh, it's more open. It's more honest about that than the older guys and gals. But, uh, you know, I, I anything I could ever do if upon somebody pulling upon my experience or Darren's experience – I'm telling you, I told you last time, I, I have a I have a front porch that is pretty much where I have been able to find peace. Um and and whether that's sitting there with no one around and just listening to the uh wildlife or, 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 or the wind blow or the rain this morning. I sat on my porch and had my first cup of coffee and no one around. That that's what brings me peace. That's open to anybody that needs it. And I mean that. I mean, we we truly mean that because we've been through a lot of things and 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 survived those things and and had really good careers. And and I think uh, to this point, you know, I mean, my girls look at Darren just like their second dad. Um, my girls are, are are there and around too, and they see they see what their their dad, their uncle have done, and and are proud of that um, because these professions are honorable, but they take it they take a toll on you. So it's a it's it's important for all of us. And if there's anybody that has a story that can help somebody, they should be on here too, giving it. Absolutely, well, that's the whole reason that we started this thing. Yeah, <clears throat> like you said, it, it's changed a lot. I know it's changed a lot on the fireside in the 23 years I've been on, and uh, I think there's a lot more room, lot farther we can go, but it has definitely changed a lot. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll bring up you know if we see something or do something or whatever, I'll bring it up with my guys right away. And I'm not afraid to. I'm like, I don't care who judges me. Now I'm the old guy in the station. So, you know, it used to be you didn't say anything unless the old guy did. But now being the old guy, I'm like, I'll bring it up right now. You know, talk to all my guys. You good? Everything good? Good job, guys. You know, we talk about what we could have done. But at least, like I said, open that conversation. Get that door open and uh, and start it right away. It's kind of looking old. It's old gray. I know. I know. He used to have this really atypical fireman handlebar yeah. mustache. Now it's just it's yeah, a mess. It's just a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the, <laughs> well, look at me. The thing, I got like some, somebody's a little jealous. No. That's what I'm hearing. No, don't, why do you? I mean, I realize you're all on the same team, but you don't have to stick up for him every See, single time. I'll you be gotta, honest. I'm a little bit surprised. I figured Moran would lean more your way. Uh. Really? Nope. Yeah. What? What? Well, well, he's it? just got so many cop friends. Oh. He did ask for a job earlier. Yeah. I asked if they were hiring. Well, 
I mean, tomato, tomato. Even though we're truckmen, we and know two plus because, two equals four. Only because you two, <laughs> you two assholes teamed up on me. Here I am oh. defending you the whole time, and you team up on me. Whoa, yeah, whoa, well, that whoa. just happened. See how fast it. See how fast that goes. I'm used to it though. See, I don't see once again calm right here. Calm doesn't bother me. Well, I still have five years on the job, and I'm pissed. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of those. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just yep. yeah. Well, I, I could go tomorrow and I'm I'm staying another five or six years. So that's let's let's not lose uh let's not lose point of that too, you know. This is a good career. It's a good it career. Is. It's provided well for us. Um we all got into it to help people. We all got into it to do public service. We got into it for all these reasons. In the later stages you're you're into it because it's provided for your family. It's provided for all these things. And uh, I'm going to tell you, uh, if there's anybody out there, I would encourage people to work in these services. I, I would encourage people to be in law enforcement. I encourage people to be in the fire department. Have people, I can't believe anybody would want to do that. Why not? It's highly honorable. And you get like, yeah. the memories are worth it. Like just, just in the last five years, I have had stories that I will laugh till I cry about thinking about. I'm, how cool is that? I've got memories of helping, like, truly helping people. Mm-hmm. Watching people truly be appreciative. Can't beat that. And I get paid mm. to do it. There's more people in our city that that love what we do. Both professions. They love the, they love the fire department. They love the police department. They really do. And uh, once again, it goes back to the same thing. We only have a certain element that does not. Now, 90 and whatever it is, your approval rating, 95% of the only people that don't like you guys, like I said before, is a con, you know, concrete business. Because if it could burn, then they would like you too. Because you guys are the best at saving concrete. See, I think it's PD that makes up that 5% of the disapproval rating. It doesn't like No, that's not true. That's <laughs> the only concrete business don't like the fire department because well, that's see, the only thing they don't burn. They should like us because we probably cause a lot of the potholes. Yeah, true. Ah, that's public works. I'm just talking about concrete people in the <laughs> business. You, you guys save it every time. Save the basement. Good job. But on that note, I don't know how many conversations we've had where he's like, why do you guys go in those places? Just let them burn down because they're vacant. Saves the city money, especially when he was working at City Hall. Because so. he doesn't know what it's like to be a hero. It's oh, like- my <laughs> gosh. Wow. <laughs> how many times have I heard this? That just happened. How many times have I heard this? And of all people, you. <laughs> They're staging and they won't go in. They're staging and they won't go in. I don't have a gun. No, I'm not talking about them. It's, it's like a, We've seen uh, how many lack of ribbons you guys have for your <laughs> oh, this shooting. Is, We're staying out of the uh, seats for a little yeah, bit. You know, when, you know when oh we're my sitting gosh. back with the binoculars to see if the scenes. We're just checking for ribbons. Has he got the shooting, <laughs> he got the shooting ribbon? Uh, yeah, we're good. Hey, yes. He's got the ribbon. We're good. <laughs> So yeah. since he's your brother, whenever we have to stage, do you guys get cops faster than the rest yeah. of us? Or? No. No. Yeah. No. no. There has been yeah. times. It's been several years ago. They had a bomb threat at City Hall, and we were staged for, God, we were there for like three hours. And they just, I don't know what about it made it legit, but they were going floor by floor, and a buddy of mine was in a canine unit. I knew he was there, so I was texting him, like, where are you guys at? What floor are you guys on? He's like, well, we started in the basement. We're up to three. I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to be here all day. <laughs> so I was texting him randomly. I'm like, uh, what floor are you guys on now? But other than that, no, it didn't. <laughs> they don't help. 
I'm, no. I'm very, very select officers when I tell them who I am. Because you never know. That's right. That's just like my daughter. Uh, my dad is this. Um. I don't know if you'll like him or not. So, you know, that's that's the other part about management. And it's not, it's not always the best. You got to make decisions about personnel, right? Yeah. So that's that's the worst. I'm in my that's the worst part of management. Is have to make personnel decisions on things. Yeah. Because, I mean, sometimes you do. Yeah. Well, and unfortunately, you know, we had a uh, captain on, uh, fire captain on James Kelly, a couple of days ago, and he was talking about that about viewpoints, and you know, using us as an example. Whenever you're a firefighter, you know, your view of everything is this big. Mm-hmm. And then you get to be a captain and it expands a little bit and you get to see a little bit more of the picture. And then, you know, to the chief level, then to director and all that, you know, it expands out. So you get to see the whole picture. Well, you know, for us down at the bottom level of just being firefighters and EMTs and all that stuff, we're seeing this small picture. Why are they doing the things that they're doing? Whenever up here, they're looking at something totally different. Like we have to do this so we can get here. Yeah. I always put that, and I use this when I'm teaching people with dog stuff all the time, that when you're in the box, it's hard to see what's in the box. And as a firefighter, you're deep in the box, so it's hard to see what's going on. And as you get promoted, you get farther and farther up and out of that box and get the bigger picture. And I think that's, like at the captain level, where we're at is so much different than where he's at. Like so we have we're we're still kind of in the we're like on the edge of the box. Yeah. So we're we we're still kind of in there and don't have that big picture. So it's easy to be like, well, what are they thinking? Well, we can't see the the big picture. Yeah. But that's always kind I don't of an analogy of it. How many times I've just been on scenes like, like, you know, like large shooting scenes or large wrecks, and you're the first unit there and you're patient care. Yep. And I've done it multiple times. You know, like I'm get done with it and I look up and I'm like, whoa, where did everybody come from? Look at all like. It's just a completely different view of when I went into tunnel vision mode to treat that patient, and now here I am in kind of decompressed mode. I'm like, damn, look at everything that's here now. Yeah. It's, I always think when you – the perspective thing, I've always thought that interesting, and that was the first thing I thought about when James said that. You know, it's I remember I ran a, a shooting in a prominent entertainment district, and it was like me and two cops when we first got there, and it was hectic, and we had multiple patients. And then when it was all said and done, I was like, Damn, it looks like a laser light show out here with all these red and blue lights. <laughs> yeah, but but here's the thing that you guys haven't talked about that I've really learned over the, probably the last five years is when I when I was when you're a fireman or when you're an officer, it's, like I said, it's just you, and you become a supervisor and you have a squad of six to eight. That's manageable. When you get to the captain level where we're at, you got about sixty employees. Then when you run a division station, you got 171. And then you get promoted again, you have hundreds, hundreds of employees. And you're responsible for all of them. Not only responsible for things that you do daily, but you're responsible for those folks. And that has been uh, a thing that you that you really got to learn how to manage that as well, right? Uh, that's a different kind of stress. It's a different kind of stress than fighting a fire or going to a shooting call or uh, whatever. Now you're you're managing your own people, and like you said, you don't. I'm I'm really proud of you for your little analogies. You 
you must have read some books before Ooh, you came here. I don't yeah. know where I came up with that. To be yeah, I don't either. I'm really <laughs> proud of you. Um, but you, you do have a different perspective when you're in my position because now you're on out here and you have all of this and you have all of the information. As I was coming up through different ranks, I did the same thing. I'm like, what do they? What what do they even do? And then you get there and you're like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> How do you do? And, all then this? You, and then you're like, and then you make it to another level and you're like. I I work my butt off. What does that? What do they do? And then you get there and you're like, oh my god, I had no idea, because you're doing your job when you get there, and when you're below that, so much is not it's not hidden from you, but you just don't know because they're just doing their job. They're keeping things from coming to you. So by the time it gets all the way down to the bottom, how much work has been done? <laughs> People have don't have a clue because they're always like, I don't know what they're thinking up there. Yeah, or yeah. like you know, at our level, it's like our battalion chief wants us to do whatever. Well, I'm pretty sure that didn't come off of his brain. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what I mean, it's it, that trickled down from above, and right. he filtered it as much as he could to this is what we got to do. Usually, yeah. you know, and I think I think a lot of times the guys at our level below lose sight of that. You know, yeah, that, and they that, just take it out on the next level up and don't realize. Yeah, well, it's that knowledge gap. And I mean, that could be applied for anything, you know, yeah. of, okay, well, let's talk about history. Okay, well, this happened on this day. Really? You know, and whereas it might be common knowledge to somebody who's interested in that, yeah. the majority of the population may have no clue. Yeah. Shit, shit rolls down here, but we've gotten real good at kicking it back up. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. See what I can do about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, do know, I do know some people on the red side. <laughs> the only problem with kicking it back up is you always have a little left on your shoe. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but, no, it, it, uh, and uh, that's why it, I've had a, a lot of people tell me, talk to me about getting promoted and stuff. And, and that whole, you know, talking about all those people you're responsible for is one of the reasons why I don't have much interest in it. You know, like right now I have my – my main focus every day is to make sure the guys on my rig is my number one priority is that they go home to their family. And if you're at, you know, the next level up, battalion chief level, now I've got all these guys that in just me, and maybe other guys don't think of it that way. But for me personally, now I'm thinking now I have a whole battalion of people that is in my mind, my responsibility to make sure they go home to their family. You know, we had Chris, a lot. Chris Rourke on a couple of days ago and, he brought that same mindset. But what was interesting is he also talked about the things that sac- like he has to sacrifice, um, sometimes even at home, to maintain that level of dedication to an entire battalion. Um, it was interesting. Well, and the, the thing that kind of sticks out in my mind whenever we start talking about that is, you know, at the company level, your fire captain, you have a certain amount of control over what happens to your guys, you know, as mm-hmm. far as on a scene, right. you're there with them. There's things that you can do as a battalion chief or, you know, whatever it's equivalent to on the fire department or on the police department, you're not really there, you know? So things are happening that you don't really have control over. Mm-hmm. And I think that has to add a whole nother level of stress. And I mean, well, I'm, I'm sure for, I know it, the way it would be for me. I'm sure it's the same way for him. You know, the the day that, that that guy got shot, we were working on the, the oh, gate at the house. It's awful. Well, and I'm sure 
immediately, and I did too, when he left, I'm sure his thoughts are, you know, or, or they go to, did, were these guys prepared? Did they have what they needed? Did they have the training they needed? And all that stuff that is at that upper level where, you know, when you're down in, in the in the field, you don't think about that. But I'm sure being removed from that, it's more of a, did they have what they needed? Did they have the training they needed? Did they have the equipment they needed? Did they have all that stuff? So, Doug, where have you found your – this is an honest question. Where have you found your – passion and enjoyment the further you get removed from what you originally came on to do well the thing is until i just got promoted i was still out there i still thought i could do it i still think i can do it um but it's not my job to do it uh what i first came on to do right so as you get promoted um taking taking those years of experience and and pass that's why i don't want to leave i i I think i have knowledge to pass along i used to when i was younger and i came on i tried to soak up all the knowledge i could from others that have been there for a while and then created my own person I, i became my own detective i became my own supervisor and and i feel like i still have that i still i still have the the time to pass along my experience so whether or not they take that and they, they're like, hey, I want to go this direction or I want to use Doug Niemeyer's experience and a different commander's experience, put those together to become your own person. That's what we all do. But that's, that's what I do now. I feel like if I can pass along anything to anyone, and I also, I also think I still have a lot to do for our department. Um, you know, the jobs that I've had, they're, they're still, they're pretty diverse. Uh, so, could I go back and work in the field? Yes. Can I be in investigations? Yes. Could I be at City Hall? Yes. Um, you know, I was never in the tactical side of things. Uh, but all those things are going to be there when I'm gone. And, and if somebody doesn't have the knowledge that I have to pass along to it, they're going to have to learn it all over. Um, so... That's where I find when I go to work every day, it's like, what can I do? The position I have now, what can I do to make somebody's job easier? Uh, What can I provide them? All those kinds of things uh, is just the role that I'm placed in right now. And, you know, tomorrow, next week, I can get transferred and they put me in charge of something else. And uh, I'll take the knowledge that I had from previous years to do that. So um, that's what comes to my mind, I think. And, you know, if I if I lose the passion to go to work every day, then I'll retire. But I I, I want to go to work every day. I mean, I was up this morning at five fifteen, and no, it wasn't because I had to go pee. I get up at five fifteen. <laughs> um, I did that at one thirty in the morning, as you guys made fun of me about. Um, you know, so uh, I get up every morning. I'm I'm at work by six, uh, usually usually six thirty at the latest, and and I'm there. And I'm on the phone half the night too, you know, with people. And I'm okay with that. If I wasn't okay with it, I could just be like, well, I'm off work. But that's not that's not what you do in our line of work. You're you're available pretty much all the time. I will say the the, the biggest thing about we have a farm and when you go to our farm now with the phone service or the company that we went with, it literally does not work down there. It literally will not work. And then the first time I went down here a few weeks ago, I was like, I have zero cell phone service. None. It just says no service across the phone. I'm like, oh, boy. 
okay, it, it was fine. It was okay. Because that was two days I got to check out. They couldn't call me. Um, now there are some people freaking out because they're like, oh, my gosh, where'd that dude do? Where'd he, where'd he go? But, we ran him off. Shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but now I have to tell people when I go. But what I'm telling you is, is those two days of checking out like that is always good for you, too. Um, when your phone doesn't work. Because when I'm here, I'm available. Like Darren said, you're, we were working on the gate. We were working on the gate the day that he got shot. And it was like, we went from messing around, working on this gate, just joking around, like a normal afternoon. We I'd just gotten off work to my phone literally probably rang 10 times in less than one minute. So you can talk about going to, hey, shooting the, shooting the crap to... Go from a 2 to a 10 real quick. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know a fat kid could run so fast for a quarter of a mile on a pair of rubber boots. I didn't know it. And and you just and the whole time you're talking on the phone, running, trying trying to get there. On I mean, you just relive those events in your brain, right? I mean, it turned out. I just went to the Royals game with him and his whole family here not too long ago. Um, but you relive it every. You know, I relive that day. Did you make the right decisions? Did you do the right things? Did you take care of your people the right way? all those kinds of things. But that goes back to all the experiences we had in life. And, you know, that's an experience. That one experience right there that's happened is, was an absolutely horrible experience and a terrific one at the same time. Kid's a miracle. I mean, it's just amazing. So the event was horrible. Everything else has been a, an amazing deal. So you got to live the horror to have the, you know, the heroic side of it. So, you know, people got to be able to separate that. Um, you know, I, I I think what you guys do, I think I, I'll say it again. I, it's a very honorable job, and people need to look at it that way because most people still do. I hate to say it. We're coming up on the 20th anniversary of one of the most horrific things that happened in our country in our lifetime. There are a lot of people now don't even know what that is. But after that day happened 20 years ago, everyone wanted to do our job. Everyone wanted to do it. I just hope to God that something like that doesn't happen again so that people want to all of a sudden want to be a fireman or want to be a policeman because of that, because of a horrific event. But I'm going to tell you, that was that was a changing point in America when everyone wanted to do this job and and, and, and military service too, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, That was crazy, crazy time to be on the job. I mean, yes. To, to go from, at the time I was working up by the airport and – I mean, just like flipping a switch everywhere we went. I mean, people were thanking us, wanting to buy a grocery. It was just such a weird thing to experience. Yeah, and 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 you know what though, I I find this this happens, and it, here's another thing that doesn't get out. If I'm in uniform, I've been to places where I go to get up from eating. I'll never forget the last day that I worked at the patrol division station. I took my my staff out for lunch. I took my staff out for lunch for everything they did for me for those two and a half years I was there. I went to pay the bill and it was already paid. (laughs) I mean, there was four or five people eating at this restaurant and the bill had been paid already. I didn't know who paid it and they're like, nope, it's already been paid. That happens more than people know. People just aren't quick to stand up and say, hey, but I have people 
anytime I'm in uniform or I stop somewhere, you know, I always say quick trip, but stop a quick trip. People are like, Hey, thank you for what you do. Thank you for what you do. That doesn't get out there. You don't hear that, but there are a lot of people that are thankful for what we do. Um, and that's another thing you asked me earlier and I should have said it. You have to remind your, remind your folks of that. How many times do you get thanked today for what you do? I bet it's I bet it's more often than they realize because, you know, how, what's the saying? You got to be, you know, you got to tell ten positives to someone for that one negative. Mm-hmm. The the saying of if you're in the box, you're, oh, you're oh gosh, here we. Go. I'm gonna put that on a I t-shirt. Didn't, yeah. I didn't even know you knew how to read until last time. You're like, oh, I got some books. I was like, <laughs> he just saying that. Doctor Seuss books. I've That's never funny. once seen that guy read a book. Never. Just so you know, he's like. Well, I read his book, and I read his. By the way, I looked at you. I'm glad you came presentable. You look like a. Uh, I did look like you a look like last a, time. You look like an advertisement. <laughs> it's cold. I mean, it was cold. Man, you had on some stock. You got on some stocking cab. It was cold. I was like, "What are you doing?" Here's this candy we found. We're uh, going to interview him about mental health. So today. I was like, <laughs> I, look like uh, "I look like a mental health." Uh, <laughs> yes, you did. I How like, long have you been off your meds, sir? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Now he's a walking billboard, right? I mean, look at him. Gotta That's take what he. Care of my people. Oh my mm-hmm. goodness! Actually, I had on. I think I had a storm hat on last time I was here. I was throwing you a little love. That's right. Why can't we get some love here? We'd, I'd, I'd advertise you. Okay, I get you. Yeah. So I'm getting ready to make an order. So, I mean, yeah. I may not be on camera, but I'll, I'll wear it proudly behind here. This dude, <laughs> I, this dude does give you love. Proudly. He's like, he he be, he'll be putting it out tonight to the. I was on the wash down. You know, I, watch him. Hey, you got to advertise for him. Right. We can put like your little hat there on like the front yeah. of the table. Yeah, get you, get you. A, yeah, you guys need like a flag. sticker wall or something. Yeah, see, yeah. I want, I want I'd like to th- all of our guests to sign the wood. But Jeremy's like, I worked hard to put up that wood, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. it's a piece yeah, of wood. You don't have to do it. You did. Else. <laughs> 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 see, got him coming, coming in late. <laughs> yeah, coming in, coming in late. You could be right it, at the end. That, this whole thing could be just like a NASCAR billboard. So, oh, we were talking about that earlier. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna work on the soundproofing. Yeah, we won't even go there. I'm not even yeah. gonna go there. But you could be like sponsored by. Yeah, this episode is sponsored by. See, that's the problem yeah. with cops. I think they know it all. We got some budget guy in here telling us about soundproofing now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there we go. <laughs> guy. We do need sponsors though. Yeah. So. We could we could go live with my oldest daughter. She's trying to face Tommy. Also busy. Yeah, put her on here. But no, uh, it's it's fun. The, the, I appreciate what you guys are doing. I really do. I appreciate what you guys are doing. I, I'm anything I can do to ever help this this uh, this topic. Um, just getting out. I know. I appreciate I appreciate Darren. I appreciate what you guys do. I appreciate being able to tell my story. Um, I hope the young young people that are coming on this job watch. I I hope your the word gets out for you because it truly does need to be something that, especially somebody in my position on my on my department, they're like I had no idea. And <laughs> in fact, the last time I got promoted, uh, people people showed up and be like, he actually made it. You know, <laughs> like if he can do it, we all can do it. <laughs> you know, give people hope. I mean, I mean, I, yeah. I say that jokingly, but in in all reality, there were some people who are like, I can't believe you made it. And I'm like, I know, me neither. That's a surprising <laughs> amount of people that get promoted because of that. What's that? That's a surprising amount of people that get promoted because, like, if that guy can be a captain, then I can be a captain. Well, I, you know what I mean. 
right? It's like if he can do yeah. it, I, I but you know, on here. the fire side, we yeah. have to study and earn it. Right, and that's true. Police department, oh you just my goodness, got to meet a ticket quota. <laughs> yeah, well, according to recently, we don't do that either. I mean, we don't do anything great. Right? <laughs> you know, right. what I mean, do you do? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, until it's yeah, until uh, the shit hits the fan. Yeah. You're right, you know. Yeah. I, we say it at my house all the time, you know. My kids will both say it. There go, We always say, there goes the heroes, and, you know, there goes the red team, there goes the heroes, and I'm always like, yeah, and then they'll park and wait for us to get there <laughs> before they can go in and be heroes. He has, so, he has a string of lights on his porch that were mine. Uh, yes, but they, they were. They change colors, so he has them on blue all the mm-hmm. time. So anytime I go and I find the remote, Red. See, I'm childish. Childish. That's the problem. Professional. I try to keep it professional. Yeah. Yeah, we still have the <laughs> highest city approval rating. How about that? Shocker. I mean, here's here's Everybody the deal. Shocker. I mean. Well, the difference mm-hmm. is, I think the main difference is we don't take people to jail. Um, I've seen some firemen that would have though. There's yeah. been times, <laughs> yeah. Or, oh, believe or folks me. on the ambulance be like, uh, "We're taking you to the yeah. to, to detention." Yeah. You're not. So. Or the cops like, "All right, hospital or jail?" And I'm like, "Jail, yeah, jail, jail, jail." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I mean, well, and well, it should be. You know, I, I, I used, I did work over the city for a couple of years, and they put out the survey. You guys finish first every year. I can't remember who's number two, and we're number three every year. Yeah. Just, just watch the trash service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those poor guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, hell, they don't even pick up the trash at my house. Not even on. I it's because they're a cop. No. No, because I don't have water service there either. So you don't have water service, you don't have trash service. Yeah, your, your trash is under your water service. and, and uh, So we don't, they don't pick up my trash, I don't have water. <laughs> we do in this city. Yeah. I yeah. If we only knew a finance guy that could work on that. Yeah. Mm, nope, don't know any. Nope. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, we'll see. Well, guys, yeah. thank you so much. Yeah, it was good. Seriously, this was, I was happy to get, we were both happy yeah. to get you. We've actually been talking about this for a long time. Yeah. And it is everything we wanted it to be, just a big old knockout session towards Doug. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what it turned out. I knew that's what, you know, that's why I asked him. I asked him, buddy, I asked him, I said, can you get some sort of agenda of what they want to talk about or direction you want to go? And then you text back, no, I got nothing. We're just going to see what happens. And I'm, I kept thinking. They're gonna they're gonna attack me. The three of them are gonna. Get, we we had a group chat it. going on. I knew you would. I knew you would. I knew you would, and that's okay because I mean you guys need that for your ego. I mean you need to be able to do that once in a while. And I see. I'm I'm fine. I'm where I'm at. I'm fine. If that helps you guys, I'm, I'm willing to take so it. Red. I I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So when we get out of here, you're paid. <laughs> I did it the first time as a thing. I didn't know. I was, yeah. No. I, you know. But all on on a on a still getting pulled over on the way home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have nowhere to go today, uh, so I'm safe. Pulled, yeah. Did I tell you last time I saw it, he pulled me over one morning on the way to work years ago. You remember that? No, no. years ago, and it was way before we were. I mean, we live in different neighborhoods, whatever. He just happened to get on the highway behind me, five thirty in the morning, driving to work. Woo! I'm like, God, dang, I'm not what I I'm not speeding, so I pull over. <laughs> I'm sitting there just mad. My phone rings and it's him. And I'm like, I just got pulled over. He's like, it's me, dumbass, go. And I'm like, <laughs> like, what do you mean go? It's supposed to stop. 
Jesus. <laughs> Ass. Just go. Yeah. Was a, I'm not getting out of my car for this joke. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I did that to my dad, too. He, that, that, that it, it, well. it didn't turn out as well. <laughs> did you get spanked on the side of the road? Uh, so next time I'm running. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I thought it was my brother. Just, yeah. No, just his luck. He'll have like, some trainee with him. Uh, <laughs> oh. Oh. I get stop sticked. And yeah. all that works. <laughs> That's a bad joke. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, there, here we go again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I did that to my dad down on. He got. A, he used to work the 3 to 11 shift down on Gardner and Shoto. And uh, so he'd get off work and, man, he zip out of work and I sat back there and man he whipped the he whipped the light right there on Shoto I flipped the lights on he pulls over walk up there in the pitch dark you know it's 11 30 I'm like you see your license please sir and I what's your what's your hurry and he's a fumbling for his stuff and he turns around and he, oh that was good times. That was good times. That's probably, probably, the, probably the first time you've ever seen a policeman run back to the car. Because <laughs> his hands are about this big. Yeah. So uh, I'm lucky just to see him come out the window. Yeah. <laughs> I probably would have just drive off. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that is kind of the fun part of lighter side of life. I, don't, I can't even think of it. If you would have told me ahead of time you want to tell stories back and forth about the things that we have done on the job, oh my gosh, there's so many of them I can't can't always think of all of them, but it, it's been fun. It's been fun to be on opposite sides too. Yeah, uh, you know, it's. It, I said this last time. It's not. It wouldn't have been as fun if we were on the same team. Uh, it worked because you don't. Have, it becomes a almost a complaining session of well, this is what I did. This is what I did. I don't know the ins and outs, just like you said earlier. You think you know somebody's job, but you really don't know what we yeah. do. And I and, and I think I know your job. Well, I do know your job, but no. Uh, <laughs> Be awesome. Uh, Pretty easy for us, hard for you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so it, it's 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 been really good to be in 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 the this, so we could throw things off each other. So, but man, are there there are some good stories. I don't know that they're necessarily for. Public consumption yeah, maybe all the time. Off camera. Maybe when I'm retired. Yeah. <laughs> maybe when I'm retired, right? So, but it, we made it. I mean, we've, we both made it, and you guys can too. You guys will make it, and I, and I hope everybody that work, has worked for us uh, sees that and can make it too because it's, it's definitely a marathon. It's a marathon. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think having that mindset of this is not a short sprint, you have to have staying power and you have to do the things that will give you that staying power and let you be successful into the future. Yeah. And I'll come back on next time. Darren will be retired. Maybe all of us going to get promoted one more time. I... <laughs> <laughs> Go from there. Yeah. Well, he'll be, the, he'll get promoted. He'll be the head of his company. That's right. Yeah. Or right. be the main dog petter. <laughs> main dog petter. <laughs> that COO or CEO. A, yeah. I haven't decided what the title is going to be yet. Yeah. You're going to give yourself like employee of the year. And, yeah. 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 Give myself a promotion. <laughs> I'm on the police department promotion scale. <laughs> I'm due for another. Uh, get a ribbon for most best dog petting. That's right. Most okay. dog petting. So we move on. I've been trying to be serious on this thing, and th- and this has been nothing but, but pick on me. I, you know, I got feelings. You, 
No, I got feelings and stuff. Doug, you have no no idea. Somebody, somebody give him a ribbon for most feelings. There God, here we go. <laughs> no idea how much I appreciate it because typically it's just pick on Jeremy Day oh. all the time, especially if Chris is here as well. And so, yeah, it's been, it's I, been nice. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. No. No, yeah. it wasn't that bad. And and this is this is actually how – because I can take it as much as I can give it out, right? And that's what people got to realize. That's that's how, that's that's a coping mechanism, also. Um, yeah. Is to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, well, and I think people, you know, we talked about it before the other day with James Kelly about people needing to have a little bit thicker skin. You know, about especially in our line of work because the humor and everything that we do use is not exactly normal. You know, I think that's fair to say. And if you're super easily offended, maybe you need to readjust your perspective just a little bit. It's difficult now, especially yeah. in the position, the position I'm in. You have to just you have to be aware. Yes. You have to be aware. And um, that is one of the things that changes as you climb the ladder, too, is you got to be aware because and, and and for what it's worth, it's it's, you know say it again you don't know where people came from or what what they've had go on in life and and people are offended by whatever you know um pick a topic <laughs> yeah yeah you know, pick it pick a topic but you know when you get in management you have to deal with those kinds of things and um i i can tell you if you grew up like we did you have thick skin <laughs> yeah um and i think my daughters have it too but it's it's how you it's kind of how you raised or what you're raised around or all that but you know i i would people ask me this I, I i don't know about you but i don't know that i change a lot of things in my career i don't know that i change a lot of things but the good things and the bad things and all that i don't think i changed much of it because it, it's turned out pretty well and uh uh you know we'd all like to change some things that's happened to us in life uh but that's why it's called life yeah so Darren, any closing remarks so we don't have to let the cop go last? <laughs> um, oh, wait for these words of wisdom. I mean, let's see what other things I got. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I've, used, I've used up my box. I've yeah. used up yeah, yeah, back to the box thing. Uh, <laughs> you didn't tell me I was going to have to save something I'm, I'm for the end. I'm stealing his numbers there, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you're going to go on somebody else's podcast and be like, look. Yeah. yeah. I, I got this uh, novel was, idea here I came yeah, up with. I was thinking about this thing. Jesus. No, I agree, though. I mean, it, you know, all the stuff we've gone through, um, as tragic as some of it is and what we learned from it, I mean, it's it's made me who I, I'd be a totally different person today if I hadn't. Do I want to do it again? Absolutely not. Would I change some of it? Absolutely. But uh, but it's made me who I am, and that's that's who I am now, and that's, you know, and I'm I'm happy with that. So, mm. Well, Doug, Darren. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Um, just like we close every episode, if you are struggling, there are resources out there. Reach out. Don't be afraid to reach out. If you know somebody that is struggling, reach out to them. Let them know what resources are there and just let them know that you care. You know, sometimes that's the biggest thing is just knowing that somebody gives a shit. So, all right. Thanks for stopping by. Have a good one. <laughs>